0: Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts. With your host Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show, producer Joe. How are you today? Hey, man, I'm doing good. Doing good. Thanks. You're, you're doing better now that you cleared that hairball before oh, the yeah. show. I don't know what that was, <laughs> folks. <laughs> yeah, it was a, Gosh. Rah! We only had an outtake for the horrible sound effects. So yeah. You'd never listen again. Sheesh. Perfect, you know, th- thanks to Joe for doing that before the show. <laughs> the, we, uh, we really appreciate the, that. Joe had to cough up a massive hairball. Yeah, I got it out of my disgustomatic 300 over here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. Uh, there's always a lot to talk about. Right before I came on the air, Mike Pompeo uh, gave a speech, a, a pretty uh, important foreign policy speech, uh, literally right before I came on the air um, over in Egypt fascinating i'll get to that but i want to get to a bunch of other stuff too yesterday was a tremendous day uh for news a lot of Mm -hmm. good stuff a lot of bad stuff especially the new york times which blew it again on a major hoax collusion story uh the new york times just can't seem to get out of their own way all right today's show brought to you by buddies at itarget ladies and gentlemen the itarget pro system is the finest system out there for increasing your proficiency with a firearm if you own a firearm two things matter your skill, ability, and proficiency with it, and safety, safety, safety. Now, one of the best ways to increase your proficiency with a firearm, God forbid you need to use it to save your life or the life of your family, one of the best ways to do it is to do a dry fire exercise. What is dry firing? Dry firing is when you safely unload a weapon, you check it, you check it twice, you check it three times, and you depress the trigger on a safely unloaded weapon pointed down range. You may say, well, what's the point of that? Why would you want to dry fire your firearm? Yeah the reason is without the recoil and without the ammunition being fired off you don't have to worry about things like recoil and you can practice this the finer parts of proficiency of uh, sight picture your sight alignment your grip uh the, the slow deliberate trigger pull to the reel you don't have to worry about any recoil expert shooters and competitive shooters dry fire 10 times more than they live Do you know that that's the way to increase these vital and, and important skills now iTarget's found a way to take your dry firing exercises to the next level. They will send you a laser round. If you go to iTargetPro.com, that's iTargetPro.com, iTargetPro.com, use promo code Dan for 10% off. They will send you a laser round. It is an inert round it only emits a laser. They will send you a target as well. You will insert that laser round into the firearm you have now, and it's a dry fire, it's not a live round, but it will emit a laser, and now you can see where where those rounds would have gone which is beautiful because now you can see exactly how well you're performing with your grip, your sight alignment, your sight picture. Go to itargetpro.com slash Dan to pick up your training system today. Itargetpro.com slash Dan. You will never put this down. I mean, excuse me, itargetpro.com, itargetpro.com, promo code Dan, forgive me, for 10% off. itargetpro.com. Go check it out. Promo code Dan for 10% off. Check that out today. You won't regret it. Okay, Um, ladies and gentlemen, with regards to this uh, shutdown, Mm. uh, you know what? Let me just get to Pompeo first. Pompeo's speech was interesting, and I think it was a genius move by the Trump administration. Mike Pompeo, secretary of state over in Egypt this morning, gave a pretty prominent foreign policy speech, uh, reiterated our, our fight against terror. Uh, reiterated our alliances overseas. Uh, Again, regardless of your position on foreign policy, I think the speech was a genius move, Joe, because he did one thing in that speech that was super important, Hmm. especially during a government shutdown. He reiterated the point that the United States has traditionally been and will continue to be a force for good in the world. Why is that a genius strategical move right now during a shutdown, Joe? Think about it, right? Hmm. What do the Democrats hate more than anything now in D.C. right now, Joe? This is not a trick question. Uh, What one person? Donald Trump. (laughs) Donald Trump. OK, not a trick question. No. Joe, Joe. I didn't even finish the uh, the question and Joe was ready to jump in there because I think he thought I was messing with him. And then when he figured out I wasn't, he's like, OK, he's talking about Trump, yeah. which I am. The Democrats hate Trump. They cannot give Trump a victory on anything. Their activist, donor base, their allies, the liberal looney tunes, the socialists. They can't stand Donald Trump. He is the embodiment. He is the Nosferatu. He is the Dracula, the vampire blah, of, blah, of the Democrat blah. liberal movement right now. They cannot stand yeah. Trump. They are expected by their donor activist base, and they're now a, a virulent radical base who can't stand Trump no matter what. They are now expected to go against anything he does. That's why yeah. this government shutdown is still going on. Believe me, folks, the Democrats don't care about this $5 billion for the wall. I'll get to all that in a second. All they care about right now is doing what their volunteers and donors want them to do, which is do anything that, uh, that, that fights against what Donald Trump wants. Right. Why was this foreign policy speech a genius tactical move? Forget about the overall points. I get it. There are a lot of significant disagreements on foreign policy within the Republican Party. I understand that. Point stipulated. That's not what this segment is about. It is about the sheer political genius of doing this speech now during the shutdown. The takeaway from the speech from Pompeo, Joe, is that the United States is a force for good in the world. What are the Democrats going to say? This was genius. <laughs> By the way, everyone's going to be forced to carry this speech. Pompeo's the Secretary of State; you can't ignore it. What are the Democrats going to do now? Now, when they're being interviewed, think about this, right? About how evil Donald Trump is, and with regard to the shut that he wants to shut down the United States, a wall is immoral. They're going to say, "What do you think about Mike Pompeo's speech?" Every Democrat lawmaker, talking head on cable news, is going to be asked about Mike Pompeo's statements about the United States being a force for good in the world and what are they going to say? Uh, Donald Trump is evil. He doesn't like immigrants in foreign countries. Uh, how do you feel about the United States being a force for good? Um, uh, Hold on, hold on. Focus. Someone give me a focus group. Rescue me, please. Folks, see the geniuses. I, I love, I, I really get a kick out of it when sometimes yeah. even some pro-Trump crowd people themselves, they sell Trump short. I'm not saying, obviously, that he's without error or without sin or anything else, or he's been the, you know, the ideal politician all the time. Mm -hmm. Nobody has. Everybody makes mistakes. Even skilled politicians screw up once in a while. But no politician in, in modern American history has been undersold on sheer political talents like Donald Trump. None. This was a genius political move. You you understand what I'm saying, right, Joe? Now, every Democrat lawmaker on TV is going to be on, obviously, about the shutdown. They will likely be asked as well Mm -hmm. about Mike Pompeo's speech in Egypt. Mm -hmm. The takeaway being the U.S. is a force for good. They will be forced to argue in the same talking head appearances on CNN and NBC. On one hand, how Donald Trump is the very embodiment of evil. But on the other hand, how his policy speech to his secretary of state about the U.S. being a force for good was really a good thing. Or if they don't Yeah, Oh, brilliant is right. Or or they'll be forced to argue, or if they go against them, how the United States is really an awful, horrible place and is a force for evil in the world. Good luck with that as you yeah. as they get yeah. you on tape for your twenty twenty runs for president. You get it, Joe? Yeah. As the yeah. audience ombudsman, it's a genius move. The same Democrats running for president, getting on cable news, running out there to impeach Donald Trump and everything are going to be forced to acknowledge in cable news interviews that America is, in fact, the force for good in the world as Donald Trump is the president. It was a beautiful move. So it's really politically genius hat tip to the Trump administration. All right. uh, Moving on. That just happened right before we got on the air. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, with regards to this shutdown, I am deadly serious when I tell you this. We are ready for this fight. I am, uh, regret the fact that some of my former co-workers in the secret service and others who really do work their butts off and literally put their butts on the line every day for us, that you are caught in the middle of this. I mean that, you know, I'm not always a big, uh, you know, Lindsey Graham, I'm up and I'm down with Lindsey, but he did say the right, you know what? We're sorry. You've been put in the middle of this, but this is a fight an existential fight for the country. Oh, wow, that's dramatic, Dan. No, it's not, folks. I tweeted out last night, stand tall, Mr. President. We are with you. You're doing the right thing. And I asked people to retweet it. I woke up this morning, you've been retweeted 20,000 times. Um, I was actually stunned. I wasn't doing it for followers on Twitter, I assure you. I just wanted to express a debt of gratitude for the president and his staff for not folding, whereas weaker Republicans would have done this during this shutdown. This shutdown is about one thing now. Now, Joe, some of you may be thinking, you included, maybe saying, yeah, it's about a border wall. No, no, nope, 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 nope. That is absolutely not what this is about. The Democrats don't give a damn about the border wall. No. Trump does care about the border wall, but this isn't about this to him either. I'd say control. It Yes. That's what it's yes. about, baby. Now, don't mistake what I'm saying. Huh? This border wall matters to Trump. He ran on it. It obviously matters to him. He knows it matters to his base. Big time. But that is not what this is about right now. This is about political control and exerting your ability to move the masses and political power. If we forfeit this fight and we lose, ladies and gentlemen, I don't see any coming back anytime soon. We are ready from this fight. And I ask you right now, if not now, when? If you don't have the guts and the gusto, I'm talking to Republican lawmakers with all due respect. This is no time for us to get wobbly or pick inter-party, intra-party fights. Excuse me. But I am begging you. I know some of your staff listen. I know some of you listen with with all due respect. And I mean that with all due respect. I'm not trying to be silly like it's said often. You won elections. I get it. You're up there. You represent your constituents. Do not fold on this. This is the fight. If not now, when there should be no retreat no weakness, no wobbly knees, no sweating, no running your fingers through your hair and these anxious, try, uh, tr- trying to get these, oh my gosh, let me chew on my fingernails. Stop, stand tall, chest out, retract your scapula, chin up and fight this fight now. This is the fight. Joe is absolutely right. This is about control and exerting raw political power. We have got to win. We cannot lose this shutdown fight. Folks, the Democrats are on the wrong side of nearly every critical issue to the United States right now. Yeah, Acquiescing and folding now and acknowledging that they took the political high ground when they didn't, when they are undermining the interests of the United States, is a fatal move that will cede political control from this point through throughout Trump's presidency. You're gonna to start to hear horror stories about the government and garbage accumulating in the streets. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats have already shut down government a long time ago. The Democrats and their some some, sadly, the Republican allies who don't see the, the 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 red menace. And when I say red menace, I'm not talking about communism. I'm talking about the debt who have endlessly spent us into an abyss. I've got another comment coming up in a minute, how the Democrats have already shut down government, obstructing Trump Trump nominees in a historic fashion. They have already shut the government down. This is the fight. There is no retreat. This is we win and you lose, no matter the consequences at this time. We cannot lose this fight. And I say to the Trump team, 2020 is a long way away. You are doing the right thing. Americans who get it will understand that the sacrifices that need to be made need to be made right now, if not now, when? This is the fight. The Democrats need to be taught a lesson in this, that they cannot bully us through the media anymore. This is about control. And I don't mean control in the socialist, liberal way. Government dominance over every component of your life and the diminution of individual liberty. That's not what I mean. What I mean is control, taking back the power of government, the existential constitutional power of government, back to its legitimate place in our lives. Yes, sir. Which is diminishing the power of government. And the only way to diminish the power of government is going to be to teach the Democrats through this budget fight that they cannot bully us into sp- spending us into a Liberty sapping abyss. They need to learn this lesson now that we are not going to give up, that the base is behind him, that the Republican lawmakers are behind him in the Congress and the Senate. And we are not going to give up. There are other fights ahead, Joe, if we forfeit control now and we, 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 we basically empty out and zero out our political bank account, acknowledging we were weak and we are not. And we acknowledge we are weak. The budget fights ahead. The healthcare fights ahead. The debt fights ahead. The school choice fights ahead. The regulation fights ahead are over. The Democrats will employ this model every single time. Just shut down the government. Wait for some horror stories to fold in, take some uh, fold in, take some pictures of some garbage on the streets of DC. The Republicans will fold and the country will fold with it. No, not today. No retreat. None. If I've got to wait on a line at the airport, I'll get there early. If Americans got to chip in and clean up some garbage on the streets themselves, just say what we got to do. But this is the fight. The fight is now. There is no better time. This is the fight. They need to be taught a lesson in this. And the lesson is they cannot bully us through the media anymore while slowly walking us off the debt cliff, the bankruptcy cliff, and the anti-liberty cliff where they start to diminish our values. You know, Tucker said something last night on this show. I thought it was very powerful. Tucker Carlson on the Fox News channel Mm -hmm. had me roped in. I mean, I watch Fox a lot, obviously doing some commentary on the show as well. But I have to tell you, Joe, rarely was I as roped in where my phone is down, the volume is up, and my eyes are laser-beamed into the screen like they were last night. Hmm. I mean it, brother. I'm not kidding. I'm with you. I watched him last night. Tucker, if you saw that now that Joe is uh, gets to sleep a little bit. Exactly. <laughs> we'll figure more about it. I'll we'll tell you more about that later. But Tucker did a monologue last night where he talked about, Mr. President, this is your opportunity. This is your opportunity to speak up for the unspoken for these silent masses of people who have been told their Christian values are bigoted, who've been told that they're racist, that they're xenophobes, they're not welcome on college campuses, their love of God isn't welcome in this country who've been told that they're only in it for them, they're not in it for the little guy, the conservative masses that have been spit on, that have been yelled at, that have been thrown off campuses. He gave examples of people who, for the very act of speaking out, have lost their jobs, have lost their livelihoods, have been humiliated in the public social media space. This is our opportunity to flash two big middle fingers and say, not today, not today. We are done. No more retreating. We are not going to be bullied around anymore. And finally, we've got a guy with cojones in the White House, with Grapefruits, who says, no, we're not doing it. He walked in yesterday. He spoke to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer for a a couple of seconds and said, am I getting my border wall money or not? They said no, and he said, thanks, I'm out. See ya. Bye, Felicia. Take it easy. We are not going to fold. No retreat. You cannot retreat here. You will decimate the base. I know the president understands this. But these lawmakers, I don't think you get it. Please. The base will... uh, The people who hate you will continue to hate you. The people on the fence will get over it. We have a lot of time. The people who are your base will evacuate en masse if you fold on this. It is a guaranteed loser if you fold. This shutdown is the fight. The Democrats have already shut down government, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Article in the Wall Street Journal today. They shut down government a long time ago. Donald Trump has nominated a number of people for key positions awaiting Senate confirmation. You want some numbers? You want to see the Democrats who care about government, who crapped all over government when Donald Trump tried to staff the very same government with appointees? Only 543 nominations, Trump nominations, have been approved out of over 900. Oh! At the same time in the Obama administration, 809 were approved out of 1,003. So you've nearly cut that number in half. I thought you cared about government, but you don't care about government when Donald Trump tries to appoint people, qualified people within the government, within the Democrat Senate, who are putting a hold on these Trump nominees. You're full of crap, and it's steaming right now, and you know it. You don't give a damn about government. You care about anti-Trump nonsense. This is about Donald Trump and nothing to do with government. The Democrats have called, uh, they've had to issue cloture votes, cloture votes indicating the level of obstruction towards approving nominations for Trump appointees. Up until this point in the Obama administration, there were only 12 of them. Trump, 128 cloture votes had to be issued. Go to hell. You're darn right, Daddy-O. Yeah. They've already shut down government. They've put us on an endless cycle of debt. Government programs. We now have a guy, House Democrat John Yormouth. I'm going to get to this in a minute. Asking the CBO to issue a report about what single-payer single health care would look like in the United States. But he conveniently wants them to leave out the costs. Oh, I'll get to that in a second, too. Y- yeah. God forbid we mention the cost of that. Another article in the Journal today. You understand this is all about fighting Trump. This has nothing to do with principles. They don't care about the border wall. They don't care about any of this. They care about Trump nominees going down because they're Trump nominees. If they were nominees for anyone else, they go through. Anything Trump says will be fought. That is the very genius of Trump and Pompeo's foreign policy speech today. Pompeo's, but uh, representing the Trump administration. Go out and reaffirm the United States as a force for good in the world. Watch these Democrats humiliate themselves on cable news arguing that it's not. After our bodies have been buried overseas in the defense of liberty in other people's countries. I dare you. I dare you to go argue that case. Kamala Harris, Elizabeth Warren, Julian Castro, Joe Biden. All of you soon to be nominees for uh potential nominees for president on the democrat side go argue that case go argue i want to see that i promise joe and i will be cutting those videos forever Mm -hmm. we'll be playing those on our soon to launch video show here Mm -hmm. we'll be playing those in perpetuity good luck with that (sighs) this is it folks Not now. When? When are we going to have these fights? Please understand, I don't want to be, you know, a a, a doomsday guy. I'm not looking to be the guy who breaks Superman's back here, you know? Danny Downer. Danny Downer. I'm not. (laughs) I, I, I mean, I'm like so. I'm worried. I'm worried. Yeah. Our debt situation, our border situation. Endless, uncontrolled migration into the United States, a government control of your healthcare system. All things that are on the table, your kids' economic future. Folks, this is all very real. This is the fight. Please, please don't fold. All right, I want to get to Yarmouth and uh, also how Trump's just unique approach to China um, is... Uh, is starting to break the back of what was considered once to be a Chinese charge to the future that was unstoppable. No, not so much. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at FilterBuy. Haven't seen FilterBuy in a while. Good to have them back. I love FilterBuy. Around the country, millions of Americans are turning up the furnace for the first time and spending a week freezing at night. Why? Because they neglected to change out their air filters and this system failed. This costly mistake is completely avoidable by regularly replacing the air filters by using Filterbuy, filterbuy.com. This is a really really great company. We all need air filters, why not buy them for companies that's uh, you know, that support the uh, support what we support, right? America's leading provider of HVAC filters for homes and small businesses. filterby.com. Choose from over 600 different sizes, including custom options and chip-free within 24 hours. And for those of you who like to kick the can down the road, Filterbuy will give you 5% off your order when you subscribe for auto replacement, which is great. You'll never have to change, or worry about changing your air filters again. They just show up at the door and you get 5% off. It's so much easier to go to the hardware store having to special order filters. Plus, they work great and are made in America. These are top-notch filters from a great company that loves America. FilterBuy will save you time. They'll save you money. They'll help you breathe better. That's FilterBuy.com. Filterby.com. Tell them Dan sent you. They are made in the USA. They love this country. That's FilterBuy.com. Don't get your air filters anywhere else. This is your company. FilterBuy.com. All right. So as I told you when I started off the show, this is all about being anti-Trump. This is all about leveraging their anti-Trump efforts to push for an anti-Liberty agenda, a more expansive government, open borders, guaranteed bankruptcy, and the destruction of the republic as we know it. In case you doubt how aggressive the Democrats are going to be in the Trump era to push this new agenda using Trump as their foil, as their boogeyman, as their vampire. I mentioned before an interesting story in the Wall Street Journal today. House Democrat John uh, Yarmuth from uh, Kentucky. Asked the CBO, Joe, for a report. Let me quote this here so I get this right. He wanted a report on, quote, I'll translate this, don't worry. Okay. (laughs) The design considerations that policymakers would confront in developing proposals to establish a single-payer system in the U.S., Oh, here we go. House Democrats already working on a government takeover of your health care system. They've been in office. What has it been? a week? I think it's been a week today, right? Yeah. Is this it? Yeah, last Thursday. Yeah. Right? They've been in office a week. They're already working on ways to take the health care product you have now, flush it down the toilet bowl and have you calling someone basically at the DMV to OK your chest getting cracked open. How you like them apples? That's going to be delicious, isn't it? Government bureaucrats can't even monitor a website at Obamacare are now going to be responsible for giving you approval to get your hip replaced. That was awful. Darn right it was. Now, that was a lot of D.C. speak. But let's translate this again. The piece is in the journal. Forgive me, it's subscription only. So but I uh, I, I'll, I'll give you what what it's about. You don't you don't need to worry too much. What Yarmouth is saying by design considerations to develop proposals to establish a single payer. Stu- it, uh, let me let me read to you. And you know what, Let me read you another quote because <laughs> he wants. So first, let's say he wants the design Dang. of a single payer proposal. Notice what he says. This is a, this is a fascinating caveat here, and it speaks to the very essence of the cancer of liberalism. The report. This is his request. The report would not necessarily provide CBO's estimate of the effects of any particular proposal for a single payer system. On federal spending or national healthcare spending, but would, to the extent feasible, provide a qualitative assessment of how the choices with respect to major design issues would affect such spending. In other words, let me translate this for you in uh, in normal person language. Hey, CBO, um, give us an idea of uh, the benefits of a single-payer system, but do us a big favor. Avoid the costs at all costs. <laughs> These guys, serious? What do they want? What do they want? Government health care. What do they want? No, I didn't even. <laughs> I just the way I said that. I didn't even. I. Know you, I, I did did, did, you know. I've heard so many of those uh, rallies. Right. <laughs> they, they want. He wants a report on government-run health care. This is a very powerful House Democrat on a budget-related committee who wants a report on government health care, but wants the CBO, the very agency in charge of giving you the cost, to downplay the costs. He says, we don't necessarily need the costs on federal spending or national healthcare spending. Just give us kind of a qualitative assessment. Here's what they're looking to do in the Trump era. Again, their entire M.O. is going to be to use Trump as a foil to everything's going to be anti-Trump, everything to rally their base, to push through the most radical far left agenda you have seen in your lifetime. Open borders, confiscatory taxes, unbelievably high tax rates, unprecedented debt, massive new programs and the crown jewel of every liberal's dream is going to be be government-run healthcare, because when they control your healthcare and they give you permission for your healthcare, permission, they control everything. They literally control your life, not figuratively. Now, the journal piece goes through on to describe the genius strategy here. And by genius, I mean Lex Luthor genius. I don't mean like Batman genius, just so we're clear. All right. yeah. <laughs> Copy, you dig? 10 Here's what they want to do, according to the journal. They want to get these congressional committees going on single payer health care, have these back and force in front of the media, Joe, using the CBO report that largely ignores the costs, the confiscatory costs. To, I told you what the cost of single payer health care. Bernie Sanders proposal would cost thirty two trillion dollars over 10 years. That's assuming they cut doctors pay nearly in half and that thirty two trillion dollars would require a near doubling of your tax bill. Now, they don't want to talk about any of that. So he wants a qualitative assessment on what it would do. So they want to have these committees, Joe, get the TV cameras in there and start talking to the American people about all the benefits of single payer health care. They want to keep the cost vague. That's a quote from the journal. And they want to make small alterations in the plan <laughs> from the European model. So why? Why would they want to do that? The European single payer model that's falling apart right now. Why would they want to do that? Make small alterations, Joe. Because the Democrats are smart. And again, I mean Lex Luthor's smart. I'm not talking about Bruce Wayne here. Think about it, Joe. They don't want the Republicans to be able to come back on TV and start talking about all the Canadians that come into the United States, even though they've already paid through their tax dollars for single payer health care in Canada to get health care services. They don't want people talking about the rationing, the 5% of doctors in the United Kingdom that admit on the record they know people who have died on a waiting list for health care. They don't want to talk about the weeks and months long waiting list for specialists in, in single payer countries. They don't want to talk about any of this. So think about the tactical genius of the Democrats plan and this guy, Yarmouth, keep the costs vague, talk about the benefits in front of the cameras, propagandize the American people into thinking they want free healthcare, which they're going to pay double for and make enough small alterations to the plan, Joe, that when the Republicans respond with all the downsides to the European plan, what's the Democrats answer going to be? No, 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 it's not that plan. It's not that plan. We did something different. The alterations are going to be minor, inconsequential. It's like uh, me buying a Raptor and you buying a Raptor and changing the tailpipe and saying, "Oh, it's not a Raptor. I have a different tailpipe." Really? It says Raptor. It looks like a. No, no, no. I changed the tailpipe out. This is like uh, we won't know what's in it till we pass it. Part D. Y- yes. And where have we heard that before? Yeah. From our friend Nance, Nancy it's Pelosi. Exactly. Exactly. You're, that's a great point. Hide the costs. Make small alterations. Don't worry. We'll figure out the costs later. Yeah. If you like your plan, you keep your plan. Oh. You gotta pass it till we'll find out what's in it. Well, that was Nancy. That was an Obama. That was an Obama voice. There. But uh that was Nancy Pelosi said, Don't worry, pass it, and we'll all figure it out. I can't do a good Nancy voice. Make small alterations so that any time we introduce data showing the failure of single payer, else we'll go, no, 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 that's not our plan. It's not a raptor. We changed the tailpipe. Ladies and gentlemen, you almost have to stand in awe of the evil geniuses on the focus group tested side of the Democrat Party. You got a point, dude. They are so good at lying, at propagandizing, and at moving their agenda and using tactical components and foils to move their agenda forward. That you almost have to be like, I can't believe these people can be so devious, but they are. Introduce a single-payer plan in front of the cameras, but hide the costs, and ask the CBO to hide the costs so that you can use the CBO and say, oh, well, the CBO said it would be okay. You just ask them to hide the costs. Folks, they've never seen anything like Trump. Do you understand what Joe said before and what we were going with this opening segment, how it ties into this? If we forfeit control now and we retreat from this shutdown fight, this is not about the wall anymore. That's important. It's critical. Yes, it is of, of the list of needs. That is obviously number one in the shutdown fight. But the real fight is about holding on to your political bank account and control and making sure we don't fold to an increasingly aggressive liberal movement that will decimate this country. If we lose now, there'll be no stopping them going forward. This is the fight today. If not now, when, when they've introduced single payer on the floor of the house and it passes when there's a massive, multi-million-dollar, hundred-million-dollar PR effort to convince Americans that the government should be cracking their chest open, the media is done, folks. They're not on our side. We are in this by ourselves. It is us, the base, and the president. We are in this by ourselves. This is a rogue rebellion developing within the United States for freedom and liberty. This is the fight now. They need to be shown. They cannot win pressuring us in the media anymore. Tucker was right last night. This is the moment. It's about the base finally sit, sitting there with it, with it, with a champion in front of us saying, yes, we won this. We were on the right side of this. This is what's coming next, folks. On the China front. An important story too, ladies and gentlemen. You know I am not a fan of tariffs. I am a free trader. I know I'll always get emails on that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. I respect my audience as long as the you know you you know long as you don't curse in your emails because my wife reads them. I always read them. I appreciate your feedback, positive and negative. Some of it. Sometimes people get personal. That I don't like. My skin isn't that thick, but I I my emails on the website. uh, You can check it out. I am a free trader. But Donald Trump is doing the right thing right now with China. China is getting ready to fold on this, ladies and gentlemen. They have to. Donald Trump's impositions on tariffs, which again, I hate as a tool, but there's a difference. And I thought of a way to describe this this morning. Hmm. Tariffs as an end are a financially disastrous idea. They are as an ends, as a means to get rid of tariffs later They can be an effective tool if handled the right way that's not me changing my mind I had no uh no communication with uh, the the uh you know the, the White House asking me to say anything on this as a way to get rid of tariffs when China has imposed significant non-tariff barriers to our trade to get to an ends of free trade if we have to take a little pain on this is and and we can defeat them at their own game. this is the way to do it. Trump is suffocating China right now. Make no mistake. Another op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today, Joe. They are struggling bad. Hmm. The Chinese official posted GDP numbers, which I talked about last week, of 6.5% are a joke. That is not their GDP numbers. They are hiding it. You're seeing balance sheets disappear. You're seeing people in China starting to panic. These tariffs, Joe, they ship now to us $506 billion worth of uh, items they sell to us. We only ship $130 billion back. Now, that's a lot. I'm not suggesting this is insignificant. I'm not suggesting at all that those who've been hit by these tariffs, and tariffs, as I said, as an ends are a disaster. I'm not suggesting at all that these are a good idea for you or that they're not impacting you. I get it. I totally get it. I'm telling you those tariffs may be gone relatively quickly because the Chinese are suffering bad under this, and they know it. They export to us almost five times of what we export to them. Their products are being hammered at the border. A tariff is just a tax at the border on products from that country. You get Chinese socks that are sent over here, the price of the socks. And make, make no mistake, they are being paid by you. The economics of tariffs are horrible. There is no question about that. No sensible person will tell you otherwise. You will pay that tariff at the border, which makes those products more expensive, which makes them less competitive which makes people buy less of them. Remember the pricing thing we did the other day when I opened up the show joking about the $100 a month uh, fee? The price goes up, the demand goes down. It's an inescapable rule of supply-demand economics. Growth is slowing dramatically in China, Joe. Because the prices of their products in the United States are being forced up by tariffs at the border. And what we're asking for back is a simple free trade agreement with them, a free trade deal, a free trade deal, a deal where we actually move. We're not I'm not talking about, um, you know, nominal. I'm talking about real free trade where we can scrap the Chinese stealing our intellectual property, scrap a lot of their government procurement methods, scrap a lot of the tariffs they impose on our items. For the first time in a long time, it appears we're making progress here. The Chinese can't compete with us, folks, and Trump knows it. You know what GDP per person in China is, Joe? No, what is it? $10,000 per person. You know what GDP per person in the United States is? $62,000. They cannot compete with us. We are an economic powerhouse. They are struggling right now. This is the time to move in. Why am I bringing this up in terms of the original conversation we had? Because again, ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats know this. They understand fully that the Chinese have been decimating our industry for a long time. They have been decimating our industries by stealing our technology products and imposing a lot of non-trade barriers on companies operating in, the, in 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 China, the Democrats know this, but they will not come out and acknowledge. Finally, as the Chinese, just so you understand what the end game is, the Chinese are. I I, I said we were winning. You're probably saying how? You haven't said anything yet. The Chinese are coming back to the table for some very high end talks, ladies and gentlemen. The people I'm talking to know the Chinese are hurting right now. They are going to have to fold on significant portions of this deal moving towards legitimate free trade. We are winning this. But we're losing it at home. Because a lot of the Democrats out there, again, being, uh, be, 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 being, held, uh, being held back by their volunteers, their radical liberal volunteers and donors, will not give Trump a victory on anything. Ladies and gentlemen, the Democrats are on the wrong side of nearly every issue right now. They are using Trump as a foil. We cannot lose this fight right now. All right, uh, I got so much to get to today. All right, let me knock out this uh, last one because we have great companies that uh, pay to be here and keep the show free for you. We're always grateful for their support. Uh, Wax RX. I just used this the other day. Just used it. Sometimes I get a haircut and you uh, get you know those little hairs that you get stuck in here, or and you know that you're not supposed to stick those uh, cotton swabs inside your ear canal. they for the outside of your ear, and it's very dangerous. So you say, well, how do I clean out the inside of my ears? Well, I'll tell you how I do it for me and my and my kids. I had a significant problem with earwax buildup when I when I keep that earpiece in my ear all day being on TV, it's a problem. And, and mm-hmm. if I can't hear anything, I can't do television. You all know how much I love my sponsors and only work with companies I believe in that have a product or service that's of value to you and me because I care about my sponsors. I care about you. Wax RX is not the sexiest product to talk about, but as I've told you, I had to deal with your wax buildup and I still do because the earpiece I wear nearly all day today doing this show um, and doing uh, TV content. This is a custom review I saw from them I wanted to share. It shows you how WaxRx can help you clean out the inside of your ears. You, who knows what you're missing here. I used to have to go to the doctor twice a year to get rid of my stubborn hard earwax With my rising cost of healthcare and double deductible, I spent $60 a visit. That's $120 a year to treat my ears. Now I can do it myself with WaxRx and a significant savings that also doesn't require me to miss a half a day of work. Thanks, WaxRx. That's a real email. we got. Right now, you can try the WaxRx system by typing in go. WaxRx.com. That's gowaxrx.com. Use the offer code Dan at checkout for free shipping. That's gowaxrx.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you have no idea what's in there. I'm sorry. And you don't know what you're missing because of inner wax. It might just change your life. Go to gowaxrx.com. Type in promo code Dan for free shipping. Great product. All right. Now, this far left lurch of the Democrat Party. Again, we've been talking Mm. about how this is about control. If they get control, if they win this shutdown fight, the point of this program is they will continue to move forward and go radically left. This is not the party of Harry Truman. Frankly, folks, this isn't even the party of second term Bill Clinton anymore. This is a radical Julian Castro, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez party that is moving radically farther to the left. If we lose this fight, you are going to see more and more lurches to the left towards socialism, single payer health care, anti-Trump fights that destroy the country, like acquiescing to China and things like that. You are going to see more and more and more of this. Now, another great piece uh, I saw today about uh, uh, by um, uh, by the Wall Street Journal op-ed column, uh, Leo Hanian wrote a piece about uh, uh, socialism in Sweden. You are hearing a lot of it. You're hearing a lot of this socialism in Sweden stuff, how Sweden is the model. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who I, I got an email yesterday. Someone thanked me, Joe. I just wanted to cover this briefly. Hmm. They said, hey, thank you for covering this and not dismissing uh, the the, the uh, freshman congresswoman as an afterthought. A lot of people are, folks. Um, They don't take her seriously. They laugh. They say, oh, she constantly gets the numbers. Or she does. She's been fact-checked and is wrong on a, a, a lot, a large uh, portion of her bold... Uh, legislative proposal she's gotten basic facts wrong folks i am i don't know how to tell you this because i don't want to say it in any kind of laudatory self-congratulatory way i think having been on the other side and worked in the in the white house and seeing congressmen and people come in and out and watching how people work behind the scenes you can sense charisma right away and how people will will excite the masses I I, I, again, I don't mean that in any kind of pat on the back way. I just you can see it. I I bet if you asked 100 White House staffers and Secret Service agents, if they saw Barack Obama coming for miles, they'd tell you, oh, yeah, we knew back in uh, back at the DNC when he spoke at John Kerry's nomination for president, the Democrat National uh, Convention, everybody knew he was going to be a rock star on the left, not by us. I've told Joe the story a thousand times. I called my wife after that speech Mm -hmm. and said, oh, this guy's big trouble. Huge trouble. My wife remembers the conversation like it was yesterday. Folks, Barack Obama's facts were wrong, too. Barack Obama was, even when he was president, if you like your plan, you could keep your plan. He was was the guy who wasn't for gay marriage until he was. We live, sadly, in a post-fact society right now. Try to argue with a Democrat about tax rates or the effects of single-payer health care and watch them just make stuff up. We live in a post-facts society. The fact that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gets a significant number of major figures wrong by a long, it's not even like she's off by a trillion. With the Pentagon budget, she was off by about 20 trillion. Mm. Whole federal budget's only $4 trillion. She is very charismatic. We used to call it in the Secret Service when we had good agents, uh, the trifecta looked apart, act apart, talked apart. Agents who'd show up and you'd be, you'd be impressed by them. Dress nice, look nice, they talked apart, the they gave good briefings, and they acted the part. They knew it. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez gets those three right. You may say, Oh, why, Dan, you're you're putting way too much. No, no, no. You are making a terrible mistake if you downplay the importance of of the freshman congresswoman on the liberal movement in the United States. Let me give you the two people you need to worry about. Miss Cortez and Beto O'Rourke. Listen to me on this. Forget that they don't get any of the facts, or it doesn't matter. They understand that politics is a game of political bank accounts. Making deposits and deposits by charismatically giving speeches and convincing the masses you're on the right side of what they believe in, even when they don't know what they believe in at times because the facts you're putting out there were all wrong. These are significant players in the far left lurch of the Democrat Party. Do not underestimate them. Do it at your own peril. I bring this up because there is going to be a call like Cortez did for more, a move towards Sweden and Sweden type socialism. Sweden is not a socialist country. Socialism for the 10,000th time is where the government controls the means of production, the distribution of products, services and the production of those services. They control the factories. They control the employees. That is what socialism is by definition. Sweden, Norway, Denmark, are free market economies. Yes, they have big governments. That's an argument we can have. We are not arguing socialism versus capitalism in Sweden. You should be confronting them every time they say that, liberals you run into. It is an argument about the size of government. It is not an argument about socialism. Socialism is a deadly, pernicious system where the government controls the means of production and imprisons or executes people who disagree. Fascinating piece in the journal today about Sweden and, quote, socialism that is isn't socialism. Joe, Sweden was one of the freest economies in the world mm-hmm. up until and around the 60s and 70s where there were some rumblings about a bigger role for the government with it. They were never socialist, but there were some big implementations of big government programs. And Sweden started to move away from their free market economy with a heavier role, the government inside that economy. Let me read to you from this Wall Street Journal piece so you understand just how damaging the socialism, as they call it, was. Before its socialist experiment, they were not socialist. the authors, he gets that, but you get what I'm saying. Before its socialist experiment, Sweden had a smaller government sector than the United States. By the early 1990s, government spending and transfer payments ballooned to 70% of gross domestic product and debt had increased to 80% of GDP. Between 1966 and 1974, Sweden lost... 400,000 private jobs. This is as the government's role in their economy increased. Proportionate to 16.7 million jobs in today's United States. Before Sweden's lurch towards the left and their expanding big government, Joe, they were one of the richest countries in the world with the fourth highest GDP per person in the world after the implementation of the very big government programs ocasio cortez and others on the left one they dropped to 14th 14th from 4th in the 1970s when the sweden in the 60s and 70s when sweden implemented big government programs they went from one of the richest countries in uh, in the region To one percentage point lower than the average growth rate in Europe. And two percentage points in growth lower than the growth rate in the United States. In other words, as Sweden expanded the role of government, jobs were lost. The growth rate sunk below the average in Europe over there. And they dropped from the fourth highest country in the world GDP per person to 14. Now. Now. Sweden has been making some moves back towards free markets and a lesser role of government. They've implemented some school choice models. They're reintroducing some form of private insurance. They have been shrinking their national debt. And now, Joe, the Heritage Foundation, uh, uh, due to those changes, a conservative think tank, now rates Sweden's freedom to do business, their economic freedom index, they're higher than the United States. Hmm. They're 15. We're 18. Folks, you're being lied to. You're being lied to by a party that is using Trump as a foil to rip the Democrat Party farther and farther to the left. Farther to the left than we've ever seen. They're using Trump as a foil, folks. If we lose this fight now, you are going to see more of this. You are going to see a massive expansion of government like we've never seen. The implementation of single payer. All this stuff is on the horizon. Don't think for a second it can't happen here. All right. Uh, one final story. It's important. I wanted to get to it yesterday, but really, there is just so much going on. It gets difficult to stay ahead of the news cycle. There was a major, major league New York Times retraction, which is they become just experts at uh, promoting fake news when it comes to the collusion fairy tale. The New York Times. Ta- <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> oh, I can't wait for video. <laughs> this is going to be great. I have a couple stories up in the show notes today. Please read them. I have a couple good stories at my website, too, about polling. Trump is winning this fight uh, about the immigration fight. Mm-hmm. But there's a story from The Daily Caller and from Legal Insurrection, two websites I read often, about this major screw-up, what happened. Now, you may have heard the liberals celebrating yesterday as they said, look, collusion, we got it. Paul Manafort. Donald Trump's former campaign manager, who was fired, by the way, let go by Trump, despite uh, uh, just a short period of time being in there, Mm -hmm. there was a redaction in a document, a court document he had filed, trying to indicate what his level of cooperation was with the Mueller team. Just follow me for a moment. In the redaction, they did it wrong. They blacked out the redaction, but they didn't... If you copied and pasted, Joe, basically the black lines over the the document, Mm -hmm. and pasted it onto a new document the black lines disappear because they didn't implement the tool necessary to stop it. you see what I'm saying oh, yeah. yeah major screw up Yo. so Manafort's lawyers didn't redact the document so the media basically saw what Manafort's case was back to Mueller and there was an indication in there somehow and the media went wild yesterday that they thought they saw that Manafort had provided polling data internal Trump polling data to a Russian by the name of, remember the names, Oleg Deripaska, hey, the hey, media yeah. went wild. There he is. So just to be clear, they screwed up the redactions and Manafort's court paperwork. In there was an, was what they believed, at least the media, and the Times ran with the story, that Paul Manafort, while working for Trump as a campaign manager, had shared polling data with a Russian Deripaska we know is close to Putin. Oh, the media went wild. They were salivating on Twitter. Now, because um, I've been researching this case forever, Joe, Uh, what's my general rule with the New York Times? Joe already knows this, which is wait a few days for them to retract the story, right? So we (laughs) held, because Joe and I are smart. I'm not doing the Lucy at the football thing. Uh, It's it's Lucy, right, who pulls the football away right from Charlie Brown. I always screw up these pop culture references. We were not going to get worked. So Joe and I waited. We chilled. We were on ice. And sure enough, the New York Times had to retract the story today. Read the legal insurrection piece about all the Democrats who lost their minds. As it turns out, and believe me, I am not suggesting Manafort's a good guy. Any of this was right. That Manafort wasn't being in some way mercenary and in it for himself. I'm simply suggesting to you the story that the Trump's campaign manager, Manafort, was sharing polling data with the Russian was wrong. It wasn't Deripaska. It was a couple of Ukrainians. Not good. But Trump fired Manafort. I don't understand what your case against Trump is. He got rid of Manafort. Manafort clearly did some things and was working with some people that were unsavory. Can we just stipulate that? Democrats, you win. Manafort was not on the up and up. That's not the case we're making here. You're trying to make a case that Trump is a bad guy. Trump fired Manafort. So you see that the story was a major league screw up. Legal insurrection. what's oh, let me just there's the title of the forgive me for not having this right in front of me. But I was reading so much this morning For Oh, here we the headline of the legal insurrection piece is just classic. It's by a really great guy, William Jacobson, who does great work. I was reading it so I was already at <laughs> blockbuster Russian collusion story (laughs) collapses New York Times issues a devastating correction you gotta read it (laughs) Trump we finally have proof he colluded with the Russians the guy they weren't even Russians they were Ukrainians by the way even if it was Deripaska Manafort was fired by Trump how this reflects poorly on Trump I don't understand even if it was Deripaska he was sharing the polling data with it wasn't The Times had it retracted. The polling data was largely public. What do you do, send them to Google links about polls? (laughs) Well, number one. And number two, Deripaska, remember the names, is largely connected to Democrats involved in this scandal. How many times do I have to tell you? Every time you hear a story about a Russian that creeps up in the Spygate case, just read my book. It is all in the book. Every chapter lays out a new connection. It's footnoted extensively. Every time you hear a Russian's name creep up, there is always, always a connection to the Democrats and the Clinton team. Manafort was a business partner at one point to Deripaska. Deripaska was also working with a lobbyist by the name of Adam Waldman. So, if you're going to connect Deripaska to Manafort and allege that connections to Deripaska, who is a Russian, connected to Putin, are a bad thing, how do you explain his connections to a lobbyist Waldman, who was also working with Daniel Jones, who was a Democrat on Dianne Feinstein's uh, Senate staff while she was working on the on a, on, a, on a committee involved in looking into this case? Waldman is. Are you tracking me, folks? I'm trying to debunk the silliness and, and the absolute vacuous mainstream media's nonsense. They're suggesting to us that any connection to Deripaska, who is a Russian connected to Putin, point stipulated, makes you guilty of collusion. Yet the same Russian Deripaska is working with a lobbyist and paying a lobbyist at the same time this lobbyist is working with Christopher Steele. And communicating on his behalf to Democratic lawmakers and their staffs. Waldman is on multiple texts. You can read yourself. They're already out there texting a Democrat senator from Virginia and a Clinton ally and Mark Warner trying to set up meetings with Christopher Steele, who's working for Hillary's team. So I don't get it. Are connections to Deripaska a bad thing or only when it's a campaign manager who was fired by Trump? What about his connections to this lobbyist that is clearly advocating for a a person hired by Hillary to gin up information on Trump? Does any of that matter? Are you just making this up as you go along? Do you know? And I bring this up in light of yesterday's show where I discussed with you yesterday how it's incredible, mind-boggling that the media is reporting on the... uh, uh, the, the prosecution of Natalia Veselnitskaya, the Russian lawyer who showed up for the Trump Tower meeting, without ever acknowledging it is public information now that she was working with the company hired by Hillary to gin up information on Trump. And they gave her the talking points. Nobody's reporting that except for conservatives. It's a fact. Mm. All of these Russians are connected to the Hillary team. And where, granted, I have acknowledged the meeting at Trump Tower was a bad idea. Points stipulated. Don Trump Jr. has been incredibly transparent about it. He put all his emails out there. He's gone in front of a committee to ask. He hasn't deleted 30,000 emails like Hillary. When does Hillary's team get called up to ask about their connections to Fusion GPS and their connections to this Russian? When does that happen? Oleg Deripaska is a problem? I agree. Point stipulated. But why isn't he a problem? Because his lobbyist is communicating with the Democrat lawmaker on the committee assigned to investigate Trump. Why isn't that a problem? The answer is because they're Democrats. And the media are in the tank. Whatever. I mean, but on a serious, what a a, a retraction. huh? Metaphor, colluding with <laughs> Russians. Uh, they're Ukrainians. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, we didn't realize they were different countries. <laughs> we didn't, they, 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 I, I thought we were talking about the Soviet Empire. I'm sorry. We screwed up by a few decades. I'm having a wishgasm. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be a good shirt. <sighs> oh, boy. This is crazy. I'm sorry I didn't get to it. Yes, again, I just I, I caution you strongly. Any report from the New York Times on the Russian collusion fiasco. Wait a day. (laughs) Let me just leave you with this final thought on what I think is happening. Let's take a minute. I told you this months ago. Remember this show, Joe, we did on the strategic leaks? Uh Uh-huh. I am convinced someone within the DOJ is leaking information to the media that is wrong to intent the canary trap. They are leaking information to the media to find out who the leakers are. In other words, it's someone at the DOJ is putting out false information. I'm sure of it. That media, that information is filtering its way through select people in the DOJ to out them. That information, which is wrong. And the person leaking it to the the leakers knows it's wrong. Is now doing it, waiting for the story to run and saying, oh, well, I only told that to a few people, so it had to be Tommy. Tommy's the leaker. This has to be the media can't be this dumb to consistently get these stories wrong. He's leaking to a Russian. They're Ukrainians. <laughs> oh, sorry. So cl- we're close. We're in the region generally. <laughs> this is be this is a canary trap. It's obvious. It's so obvious. And these idiots keep getting nailed in it. <laughs> that was a good show to yeah. me. I love that show. Darn, that was good. Uh, d- sorry, self praise stinks, but I had a lot of fun yeah. today. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Uh, it, now, it just so it's, it's, it's unfair to keep teasing it, some of you have been asking me, we are moving to video soon. It is not going to affect, that's my big announcement, you at all. If you listen on iTunes, iArp, on Gino.com, this show is going to be available. Same bad time, same channel. Uh, we have a video guy, a good friend of mine here today. We are build, doing a massive build out of my studio. Joe and I will be on camera. Mm-hmm. We will be working. Uh, to, I'll be announcing the date. Give us a couple weeks. We want to make sure it's the top-notch tech product. We're not going to give you any glitchy kind of crap. We don't do that here. Joe's a professional, mm-hmm. and uh, so am I. I don't like right. uh, disappointing my audience. But you're going to see Joe's Elvis-looking face. We may have some guest appearances by my stunning wife, Paula. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, the show, Will you'll have the option uh, at some point hopefully in the very near future to watch it live. Uh, but you can always watch it on video on our YouTube channel uh, as well. Uh, so uh, that was our big announcement. I'm getting a lot of questions, including Jeremy from the daily wire who tweets me every day what the big announcement is. I know you listen to the show. Yeah. There's the announcement. So just give us a couple weeks. We're working out some bugs now, but it will not affect you now at all. Please subscribe to the show on iTunes. Nothing's going to change there. It's free. Helps us move up the charts. Please subscribe to our show on iHeartRadio, the Dan Bongino Show, uh, and Spotify, SoundCloud, and elsewhere. We really appreciate it. I will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, folks. It's been a great week. Appreciate it. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. You can get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud and follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.